Listening to Condé Nast Traveler's podcast, Women Who Travel, you will be transported to the ancient ruins of Pompeii, to New York City's most storied neighborhoods, and to the jaw-dropping peaks of Bhutan. It's the best of what you love about traveling, experiencing different people, cultures, and perspectives, all from the comfort of your own home. Each week, join host and global journalist Lali Alikoglu as she shares her own experiences along with those of self-identifying women travelers from all over the globe. How do the bestie comedian pairs of Sheer Zamata and Nicole Byer navigate travel together? What can you realistically expect from your first global solo travel experience? How is dance used as a tool for healing in Indigenous Australian communities? If these questions piqued your interest, pack your bags and go on a journey with women who travel. Available wherever you get your podcasts. It's 2005, and I'm suffering the great hardship of taking the train down from Paris to Bordeaux. Of course, it's not a hardship at all. As a Brit, the French countryside is a deeply romantic thing. And for good reason. As we roll through the Loire, Orléans, Tours, Poitiers, the countryside is as endlessly enjoyable as those names are to say. Oh, and the trains... As a Brit, partaking in functional and delightfully fast train travel is a luxury indeed. Bordeaux isn't where I'm going, though. I change trains there and take a stopping service to Bergerac and get off at saint foy la grande It's a hot, dry day, and after a pleasant 40 or so minutes sitting on the curb outside the quiet station, a minibus turns up. A young man gets out in lightweight, pale grey robes. Anyone here for Plum Village? Yep, that's me. It's the summer opening at Plum Village, the large monastic community founded by the great Zen teacher Thich Nhat Hanh, where guests can have the opportunity to practice and learn. And I'm here for a week. Thich Nhat Hanh has one hell of a CV, if that's a thing you can say. Author of over 100 books, Across mindfulness, Buddhism, activism, and nonviolence, he was forced to leave his native Vietnam in 1966, and a year later was nominated by no less than Martin Luther King Jr. for the Nobel Peace Prize. He founded Plum Village in 1982, and it was the base where Thich Nhat Hanh, known in the community as Thai, lived since his exile. That was until 2018, when he finally returned to Vietnam to live at the main temple for his Zen lineage. And that is where he died, on January 22nd this year, aged 95. And this special episode is dedicated to him. He inspired generations of people all around the world to explore mindfulness and meditation. This whole thing just wouldn't be here with you in the same way if it wasn't for him and his influence. Plum Village is made up of four hamlets. And I'm staying in Upper Hamlet. Each day has a strong meditation schedule but it's the spaces in between where things come especially alive for me. Meals, spending time in group discussion, 
study periods, chores, and once a week, a talk from Tai himself. I learn how to make tofu. Drink warm, fresh soya milk for breakfast. Delicious. And make friends. I gain a confidence in my own practice, though still so young in my meditation life and understanding. But the thing that strikes me most is how the monastics who live here year-round are. Nuns and monks expressing what it is to be loving and wise and here and human in everything they do. Just observing is educating. Watching them is my most productive practice. It's the day that Thich Nhat Hanh will give a talk to the whole community. It's happening in Lower Hamlet, so we all leave mid-morning in pilgrimage. It's good vibes. Sun's out. Nuns out. It's about a twenty-minute walk, and everyone is excited. A talk from Thich Nhat Hanh is a treat when read on the page. In person, it's something else. He's in a large open tent, and I'm sitting outside in an area for guests. It's a talk about love. For all the wisdom he talks, the most abiding memory for me is something else. Tai is speaking in French, and so there is a translator near us, sharing the talk in English. She's a French Vietnamese nun, maybe in her forties. It's hard to say, to be honest. She is translating Tai's words one sentence at a time. But there's an unexpected pause. We all hear Tai say something, but the translation has not yet come. I look up and see that the nun is in tears, unable to speak. Too beautiful, she's saying to herself. It's too beautiful. So touched by the words, she cannot share them yet. Her whole body resonating with emotion. A woman who has spent most of her adult life in this community, but still. Tai's teaching touches her like this. After about thirty seconds, she starts translating again. It's one of the greatest lessons of my life. Tiknatan is known for so much—a prolific and gently fierce life, which rightly led to him being called the father of the mindfulness movement. My own practice exists because of his influence and his emphasis on socially engaged practice and integrating mindfulness into daily life—an idea upon which I've built my own meditation approach. There's a universe of teaching to discover through Tiknatan's work. But the idea I want to start today's meditation with is that of looking deeply, with our awareness gentle, a drop of dew on the tip of a blade of grass. Let's breathe, and know that we are breathing. 
body here, mind here, body mind here, love here, that which is not love here too. Our breath, our body, looking deeply, knowing it as intimately as we can while still being open and relaxed. And while doing that, recognizing our breath is the breath of trees, is the breath used by lovers to declare their love for the first time. Looking deeply, we see our breath as a result of a chain of events, all making this moment, this body-mind, this space-time possible. The cosmos is here, when we look deeply. The Miracle of Mindfulness is probably my favorite of Thich Nhat Hanh's books. Breathe and know that you are breathing. The most fundamental of meditation instructions. Let's do that. Let's breathe and know that you are breathing. Breathe. 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 You are alive. After that trip to the south of France, like a true fanboy, I bought a Thich Nhat Hanh print of his wonderful calligraphy. This is it. Three words in a circle. The circle, the Zen symbol, known as an Enso. I see it several times a day. This is it. This is it. This is it. <laughs> the perfect teaching. Okay, you may have heard the name Dorothy Abrams on our show credits. Hey, Dorothy. Hey, Rohan. How are you doing? Remind everyone what you do on the show. I am a producer on the show. So that basically means you do everything to make it happen. I don't know about everything. It's definitely a team effort, but I do have the great pleasure of working with you each week. It's <laughs> one of the highlights of my job. Sure. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry about that. So when I told you that I wanted to do a special episode to Mark Tignotan, you shared your own memory of him. I did. Yeah, could you say a little bit about it? So this was maybe a, quite a few years ago. 
it feels like yesterday in one sense, but yes, it's a number of years ago now. I had the very good fortune of being at the Omega Institute for really one of the best years of my life. And that's a, that's a sort of teaching and retreat center north of New York, right? That's right. It's in a place called Rhinebeck, New York. I really cannot believe my good fortune that summer. So many doors were open to me that have greatly influenced my development. And one of those was the fact that Thich Nhat Hanh came to Omega for a week of practice. And what do you remember about that time? I remember waking up and walking down a hill towards the office where I worked. And this, it was almost like a flock of birds, a whole group of people walking in the early morning light. And it's unreal. There was this magical mist around them. And they were all led by these monks in brown, brown robes, monks and nuns. And everyone was walking at this pace that seemed out of space and time, you know, something very other than to me, because I had never seen walking meditation before. And it just took my breath away as I was going about my day. So that was definitely one strong memory, an impression I will never forget that I'm grateful for from that week. And I remember you saying something about well, you know, a real, such a strong emphasis of his teaching is around, you know, being directly present with everything in your life. And remember you saying just everything down to the food or how your attention or your awareness was during that week. Can you say a bit more about that? Yes. Everyone on the staff at Omega was invited to participate in silent meals along with those who had come to study with Thich Nhat Hanh that week. And that was the first time I had ever committed to being absolutely silent during all meals. And periodically, a bell was rung. And when that bell was rung, everyone was asked to remain still. And I remember eating mushroom soup specifically and feeling like that moment in Ratatouille, I can think about it now, where <laughs> you know there's just this zoom in to a whole other experience of what eating could be and tasting every bit of the ingredients, I was just blown away. Again, never having thought about meditation while eating before, that eating could be a mindfulness practice in and of itself. And I don't think soup ever tasted so good. It was really, really wonderful experience. <laughs> Thank you, Dorothy. That was really lovely and really fun to have you guest on the show briefly and Thanks again for everything you do to make the show happen. Oh my goodness, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Rohan. And thank you, Ty. This one's for you. They're all for you, really. And they're all for you, too. So thank you. And go well. On behalf of the team at Meditative Story, thank you for spending time with us today. We love creating the show for you. And if the show serves you in a meaningful way, we'd love to hear from you. Would you take a minute right now to write us a review in your podcast app? When you leave a review, it really inspires our team. And we're a group who derives so much energy from understanding how Meditative Story impacts you. It's also a way for you to pay it forward 
by helping others discover the show. So if leaving a review speaks to you today, we'd really appreciate it. Meditative Story is a Wait What original. Our executive producers are Darren Triff and June Cohen. Jay Punjabi is our supervising producer. The series is produced by Dorothy Abrams. Original music and sound design by Ryan Holiday. Our scriptwriters are Peter Keckley, Florence Williams and Hannah Brencher. Technical support from Robin Wise. Mixing and mastering by Brian Pugh. Special thanks to Emily McManus, Anna Pizzino, Sarah Tata, Kelsey Capitano, Tim Cronin, Sammy Oputa, Leah Serametis, Colin Howarth, Chineme Ezequena, Charlie Menezes, and Adam Heiner. And I'm Rohan Gunatilika, creator of the Buddhify Meditation app, and your host. Visit meditativestory.com to find the transcript for this episode. Thank you.